0: Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. If you would, to Mark chapter 16, and I'm going to continue in this series on discipleship. And if you haven't been here, you can catch on today, but we've been talking for a couple weeks about being a disciple. And, and being one and making one. Being one and making one. And so we're going to continue to talk about what it means to be a disciple. That means that we're not just a believer, we're not just a Christian, but we're a disciple. Jesus wants to, he said, go into the world and make disciples. He didn't say make converts or make believers or make Christians. He said make disciples. And a disciple is a student of Jesus. And that's what we're going to be this morning. That's what we want to be. And so we're going to continue in that. And inside of that, as we go through this for the next few weeks, we're talking about how to really understand what we believe. It's not enough just to believe. And you know why we say that? Because the Bible says that the demons believe and tremble. So it's not about just believing. I believe in God and I believe in his word. The key is application. Amen? Putting what we learn into practice and having fruit in our lives. So I want to continue in this. And, and that'll be our theme, be one, make one, for this series. But inside of that, we're going to have messages each week. And this one's going to be, if you're taking notes, a disciple is ready and looking for the return of Jesus Christ. Okay, a, a disciple is ready and looking for the return of Jesus Christ. Now, we're going to see some things here. I'm going to... Uh, Get, get to the word in Mark 16 in just a minute, but I think most of us know, uh, as was mentioned already in the prayer time of, of the last 24 hours, what went down was some more mass shootings. Some did not know as they woke up this morning that another one took place in Ohio about 1 o'clock this morning. So within 13 hours, 29 people were killed and over 50 people were injured in two mass shootings in, in the United States. So one happened in Dayton, Ohio last night or early this morning. And, and I was already going to preach on this message, but it's a, it's a perfect example of just another sign of the, of the times that we're living in. And we'll get back to that in a moment in the scriptures. You'll see what that means. But um, we, we have to understand that yesterday, all those people that went to Walmart to shop did not think when they woke up that morning that they were going to die. Uh, people were going to get groceries. People were going to get school supplies. People were going, some of you might have gone to Walmart yesterday. And, and, and that could have happened to you and how important it is to live our lives understanding that tomorrow is not promised. and that there's a lot of wickedness going on in the world right now. It, this year alone, so a mass shooting is where three or four people are, are, are injured or a persons going into, there's, they're making different definitions, but where ma- more than three people are hurt or injured, doesn't even have to be killed. And this year alone, so that was two mass shootings in 13 hours. This year in 2019, there have been 249 mass shootings in the 2019. And we're in August. That's seven months into the year. And we've had 249 mass shootings in the United States of America. And so that tells me that there's a problem. Amen. It's getting worse and worse. And and our, our nation needs hope. And there's something that the Bible calls the blessed hope. And that's the return of Jesus. How many have that blessed hope this morning? Is anybody in here looking and excited and ready for the return of Jesus? Amen. If you are a disciple of Jesus, you should be. That should be something inside of your heart that, is, that longs to be with Jesus. And, and, and you, you don't love this world. We live in this world, but we don't love this world. So we're going to pick up in Mark 16 We've been in Matthew 28, this is very similar, but there's something I want to show you this morning. that's a little different. It says, later he appeared to the eleven, as they sat at the table, this is verse 14 of Mark 16, and he rebuked their unbelief. Now I want to stop there for a second and tell you something important. A disciple embraces rebuke. Just waiting for y'all to say amen, or woe is me. A disciple embraces rebuke. He rebuked them. If he rebuked them, he can rebuke us. Why did he rebuke them? Their unbelief and hardness of heart. We saw that in Matthew 28 too, didn't we? We said, I can't believe. I told you guys I was going to do all this, and you didn't believe. And he's saying here that they had come and told you that I I rose from the dead, and you didn't believe them. And what's crazy is Jesus told them the whole time he was on the earth with them, I'm going to die and I'm going to rise again, and they didn't believe. And so one really important thing, one of the many important things in our lives is to understand is, if I'm going to call myself a believer and a disciple, I need to believe. And when I don't believe, I need the Lord to rebuke me and tell me your faith is, str- is struggling, or what's, wrong with, what's going on here? And so he rebuked them. And, and also to see that just because we are disciples and want to be disciples, we're going to have moments of unbelief. We're going to have moments where we struggle in our faith. A thing like yesterday could make you struggle in your faith. If you, have, if you don't understand, you say, man, wh- wh- where's God at? And that's, just funny. that's the funny thing. God gets the blame for everything. Where was God at? And, and we don't want to take responsibility for the state of the world right now that we're in. And that, and that we're making these choices. We take God out of school. We take God out of government. We take God out of everywhere. And then when something happens, we wonder where he was. Isn't that interesting? All of a sudden, we call on God, and God's like, hey, I would have been there if you wouldn't have kicked me out. You've kicked me out of everything. So he rebukes them. So as a disciple, if you're a disciple this morning, hopefully by the time this series is over, and by the way, if you can make it out, this I know this makes for a long day. Oh, my gosh, we are at church this morning. we got to come back for outreach tonight, and you want me to go to a class at 4 o'clock? Did you know that church used to last all day? There was, a, there was a comedian, Michael Jr., that says, he, he, when he grew up in church, he, he said that we'd go down uh, in the middle, like uh, at noon, and eat sandwiches. And he's like, is this halftime? <laughs> you know, they used to go to church all day long back in the day. Now, now, now we don't do that, but if you, if you have not been in that class, and this series is really speaking to you, you need to be in that class. Because it's four weeks, like they said, of learning basic things. We want all of our ministry team to go through this, so all of our ministry team can know what we believe. It's very, it's very important that we know what we believe. So let's continue here. So it says, he, could, he, couldn't, he rebuked him for not believing that those who had seen him after he had risen. <clears throat> and he said, now this sounds familiar, this is just like Matthew 28, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And he who believes is bapt- and is baptized will be saved but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow. Those who believe in my name, they will will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick. They will recover. Those are all things that as disciples we should see happening in our lives. And then after the Lord had spoken to them, watch this, this is the key to the message, He was received up into heaven. Do you see that? He was received up into heaven. Where was Jesus when he was speaking to them? On the ground. In a body. Then all of a sudden he was received up into heaven. That is a picture of the rapture. He was received up into heaven. And it says, and sat down at the right hand of God. I like to preach a lot of times when I preach like you've never heard this before because I know some people haven't. And and, and there's a church generation today that has not heard about the return of Christ or is not preached on or, or maybe they don't have a good understanding of it. And I want you to understand it. So it says they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs, amen. So they went and did what he said. But we see there that he was taken up into the air. How many saw that? So he left in in a body, a real body, a glorified body that had resurrected from the dead and that glorified body went up into heaven and that's the last we saw of Jesus. But how many are thankful that he didn't just disappear and and then we don't, what happened? We don't know what happened. We do know what happened. Let's look at Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. Now as you're getting to Acts chapter 1, we're going to read here and this is basically, we understand in the Bible that, that the scriptures Today have chapters and verses, but when it was written, it was just letters. How many are thankful that we know we can go to Acts chapter one and go look at a verse? It's a little easier than trying to find the verse inside all that letter. And so that's why we they broke it up and made verses and chapters. But this is literally just the following thing that happens after Jesus goes into the air. Right before he does, this is another angle. Be like a movie where they have different angles. Now this one's talking about Jesus talking to them, and it says, You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria. How many believe? I want to see your hand if you believe today that Jesus still heals, that there's still miracles, that Jesus still does miracles, that, that, that we can still cast out demons, that we, that we have the same power that they had in the Bible. Amen? And the reason we know that is it didn't say that we'd be witnesses into Judea and to Samaria and, and Jerusalem. It says, and to the end of the earth. The gospel is still being preached today to the end of the earth. Now, when he had spoken these things, look how this is the same thing in a different chapter. When he had spoken these things, they, while they watched, this is important, they were watching, they were looking with physical eyes at Jesus, he was, here we go again, taken up. And a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked, here's the key, steadfastly toward heaven, As he went up, behold, two men, angels, came and stood by them in white apparel. And they said something very important for us this morning. This is the blessed hope. He says, men of Galilee, why do you gaze up into heaven? The same Jesus, say the same Jesus, the same Jesus that's yesterday, today, and forever. The same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven, watch this, will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. Jesus is coming again. Amen. Amen. How many believe Jesus is coming again? A disciple, a true disciple, is ready and is looking for the return of Jesus Christ. That is a characteristic of a true disciple. Now, I, I'm gonna, I, I, I don't remember the last time I do this, although I do it often. I do teach and preach often on the, on the return of Christ, but I don't remember exactly when the last time I was. So I want to say some things important for anybody who has never heard or doesn't remember or anything like that. Sometimes when you begin to, to read a scripture like this, and we're going to read one that's even more vivid in just a second, when you read something like this, your mind might possibly say, uh, Really? Really? Like, doesn't our carnal mind do that sometimes? Carnal mind, right? Doesn't the Bible say we can't understand carnal things? If we, if the spirit can't understand carnal things. The carnal mind can't understand spiritual things. So sometimes we're like, really, we're going to go up in the air? You know, it's not that hard to believe. Didn't someone go to the moon in a ship? Don't people? Are in, is, you know, there's as, probably almost as many people in the air right now on a plane than there is people on the ground right now all over the world. F- planes are flying everywhere at thirty-five thousand feet. How I many know that's a miracle? when that big old plane gets up in the air. They're way up there in the sky, but we have a hard time believing that we could leave the ground and go up in the, in the air to be with Jesus. But think about this. What's holding us on the ground this morning? Gravity. That's the only thing that's holding us. The reason that I'm not floating right now is because gravity's holding me to the ground. All Jesus has to do with the rapture is take gravity off of his people. And we go. Do you realize that? Talk about the greatest ride ever. If if you're a Six Flags person, you're talking about the greatest ride ever. Like I'm a big roller coaster person. I'm ready, I'm ready for the greatest roller coaster ride ever. When I lose gravity, and but I'll be in a glorified body. That's how 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 you're gonna get into the atmosphere and all that, because I'm gonna be in a glorified body. And so the God who created everything says in his word that he's coming back for his church, and that we should be ready. And the reason I'm preaching this, and then God gave us that example yesterday that I can use, that tragedy, turn tragedy into triumph, those people weren't ready to die, most likely. They weren't planning that. That's exactly how the return of Jesus Christ is going to happen. It's going to happen when we don't expect it. It's going to happen in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, and all of a sudden we're going to be ready or not. We're going to be with Jesus or not. It's going to be a rude awakening to the world, and we're going to see that in the scriptures here. But a disciple isn't going to be caught off guard by the, by the rapture of the church. A, a disciple is going to be like, yes, I've been waiting for this. Let's go. Because a disciple doesn't love this world. A disciple wants to be with Jesus. Okay, so it's going to happen fast. It's going to happen unexpected. We have to be ready, and we have to be looking for it. Let's look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And I want to give some clarity this morning in case anybody's not clear on this, because we've been talking about how important it is to believe what the Bible says and believe the whole Word of God. So Paul now, removed from that day, how many know Paul was not there? Paul was not there when Jesus ascended into heaven. He had not been saved yet. His his salvation comes a few chapters later. So he's not there. But Paul got a revelation, which is what we need as disciples. When we study the Word, we get a revelation of what the Word of God says. And now Paul, later on in Thessalonians, is talking to the church in Thessalonica. He's talking to a church just like Denton. He's preaching to them, just like I'm preaching to you this morning. And he says to them, listen, he says, I don't want you to be ignorant, brethren. I don't want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep. In other words, those who have died. Lest you have no sorrow, or sorry, sorry lest you have sorrow as others who have no hope. How many know people who don't believe in Jesus have no hope? But the Bible calls the return of Jesus the blessed hope. Because we're going to be able to get out of this world. Listen, if you think yesterday was bad, yesterday was nothing, I'm not saying that to scare you. I'm telling you that because it's the truth. It's a birth pain. Can you imagine... If you were sitting here, and kind of like yesterday, all of a sudden our phones started going off like the Amber Alert, and all of a sudden we started uh, seeing uh, shooting in, shooting every five minutes in different parts of the world, mass murders, and, or, or what if, let's go to the rapture, all of a sudden the Amber Alert goes off, hopefully none of us will be here to hear it, and all of a sudden we start seeing millions of people have disappeared from the earth. That's what the rapture is going to be. But Paul, 2,000 years ago, is saying, I don't want you to be ignorant about this. Okay, it's teaching just like I am today. Look at the next verse, 15. For this we say to you by the words of Blake. By the words of some church. No, who's, who says it? By the words of the Lord. We who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will be, by by no means precede those who are asleep, meaning those who have died in Christ. For the Lord Himself will descend, remember what the angel said, just as you've seen Him go up, He will come again, will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, that trumpet will be evident, that trumpet will be heard, I don't know, church, if the world's going to hear the trumpet or not, but I know the church is going to hear the trumpets. And the dead in Christ will rise first. I have a cousin who just went to be with Jesus two weeks ago. He's going first. My my uncle who died last year, he's going first. The dead in Christ are going to rise first. Watch this. For the Lord himself, sorry, for we who are alive and remain shall be caught up, there's the word again, together with them in the clouds. Does that sound familiar? To meet the Lord in the, somebody shout that out with me. And so we shall always be with the Lord. Let me give you some clarification in case you don't understand doctrine or no doctrine this morning. There are two returns of Jesus. Do not allow someone to teach you that there's one. There are two. The rapture and the second coming of Christ are two separate events. Can somebody say amen or am I lying? There's two separate events. The way we know this is the Bible says right here that we will be caught up in the air with the Lord because the church is going to go home to be with Jesus for seven years for the marriage supper of the Lamb for a great banquet that's going to go on. This is the church age. This is all the Christians for the last 2,000 years. Us and all those who have put their faith in Jesus before today. All those who were disciples when they went to, went to breathe their last breath. Those who are dead in Christ shall rise first. What number is that? I don't know. I'm, I know it's in the millions. Hopefully it's in the billions. I don't know. But whatever number it is, they're coming up first. Scary thing for the person who's, gonna be, who's not a believer who's going to be around a cemetery at that time. <clears throat> Because they might not see the, they might not, I don't know if they're going to see the, the bodies or not. I don't, that's, that, I do know in the second coming they will. I don't know if they're going to see it. There, there's no scripture that says whether they will see us go or not. But they're going to hear some rumblings and the, and the cemetery is going to look probably a little bit different. There's going to be an earthquake. Y'all still here? And the Bible says here in this verse from Paul that the church is going, those who are alive and remain. That means us today. could be today. August 4th, we who are alive and remain shall be caught up, that's a quick thing, caught up, just as quick as those shootings happened yesterday, just as quick as someone was walking in and out of the Walmart and they lost their life, just that quick, Jesus is going to come back, just like that, and those who are, we who are alive and remain shall be caught up in the, into the air with the Lord, it says so shall we ever be with the Lord, so the first time that Jesus comes back for the church, he's not going to touch down in heaven, on, on earth. He is not going to touch the ground. He is coming. He's going to be in the air, and he's going to rapture us up to him, and we're going to be taken to heaven. Okay? The second coming of Christ, and I don't have time to get into all this this morning. I have done it many times. The second coming of Christ Anybody who knows the Bible knows that the first time he comes, we're going up to be with him in the air. And the second time that he comes, we're already going to be with him. And we come back down with him to the earth. Do I have some Bible knowers here this morning? Right? Do I have some people who know the scriptures? Amen. The second coming of Christ, we're coming as a great army from heaven and our reward is with us. Meaning we've already been to the banquet. We've already been, you know what a banquet is? You know what an awards banquet is? Hey, everybody gets their thing, and we're rewarded and we eat for seven years, amen, and we don't get fat, amen. It's going to be some good stuff. And then we come back with the Lord. And I don't have time to get into all that, but I want to make that clear and distinct. It's two different times, the rapture and the second coming of Christ. Because the second coming of Christ, we're going to come here and reign on the earth. Now, let's go to Matthew 24. About halfway through this right now, how many are getting something? A disciple, let me say this again, is ready and looking for the return of Jesus. Now, I've been young, and I've been around um, church a long time. And I know the thoughts that can go through people's minds when you begin to talk about the rapture. I mentioned in the first service, I've got a daughter and a future son-in-law that are going to be married in less than a month. And if you ask them, they want the rapture to happen, but they don't want it to happen until next next month. They want to get married first. Right? How How many people who are older here... Remember being younger and you didn't want him to come back for some reason until something happened, and you, you know, whatever. You wanted, some, you wanted to experience some things. But I'm going to tell you, if it does happen before then, you won't miss it. You won't miss out on anything, I promise you. But I understand that. I understand that. I understand that as younger people, we want to do things, and there's things we want. I, it, that's a normal thought life, but doesn't change the fact that Jesus is going to come back. And he's going to come back whenever he's going to come back. And so we have to be ready and looking for the return of Christ. Amen? Before I read Matthew 24, we're going to, we're going to look at something here that's really, really powerful. I want to uh, tell you a couple things that are kind of um, uh, invading uh, our lives besides these school shootings. You know, one of the places, and we have several teachers in our church, one of the places that the devil is really using is our schools. And he is bombarding the school system with beliefs. And as I mentioned earlier, he's, the school and all this is, be, is by the devil, okay? All this is by the spirit of the Antichrist. It is working to usurp or remove authority from God in the schools. Like I said, we, we're taking the Ten Commandments out. Now, when I say we're, I'm talking about our nation. We're taking the Ten Commandments out. We're taking prayer out. We're taking all these things out. And so the devil's coming in with his stuff. And I'm not going to go into this part this morning, but one of the hugest ones, and I may do it in another message, but you know what I'm talking about, is the humongous move of the gender situation that's happening in school. And not only is it being accepted, but now it's being taught. it's, It's one thing for something to be accepted, but it's another thing for it to be taught by our public schools to our kids at the same time that God and the Bible is being removed. how's that work? Interesting. So just before we read this, uh, thinking about the shootings that happened, how many have ever seen the picture? I just saw this recently this week. I I probably should have had it put up. It's a great picture. It shows uh, a man in prison with the Bible, and it shows a kid in school with a chain on the Bible. Kids can't read the Bible in school but adults can read the Bible in prison. What would happen if that got flipped around? Maybe we'd have less people needing the Bible in prison if they could read the Bible in school. So all of this is happening, and now um, the, the school system, the Department of Education is pushing. And I don't know who's pushing it. I don't know who's doing it, but now they're pushing the, to push into the schools the five pillars of the Islamic faith the five pillars of the Islamic faith. Now, I'm, I'm not against them teaching religion in school and teaching history and teaching all those things, but why is it that we can't teach the Bible? Why is it that we can't teach about Jesus? Why is it that we can't teach about prayer to a Christian God, but all of a sudden now we're going to learn about the five pillars of Islam in our, in our schools? It has to be equal. And so this has just come out, and it's a book about this thick, and it's going to be taught in our public schools, grades 5 through 12. This is, not, this, is, this is a fact. And they're talking about how Muslims pray, how many times Muslims pray, what they pray, what they sound like, uh, verse memory, and all kinds of things. This is a system of the enemy that is trying to infiltrate the, the school system to destroy the work of Christ. That's the days we're living in. Amen? Now go back to this verse. Nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in various places. How many saw the the, the humongous uh, uh, outbreak of grasshoppers in Las Vegas? These are just little things all all over the world. Famines, pestilences, things that are happening uh, around the world. All these things are the beginning of sorrows. The beginning. We haven't seen anything to what the sorrows are that are coming on this earth. Partly because of our disobedience and partly because of the judgment of God. It says beginning. They will deliver you up to tribulation, kill you. You will be hated by all nations for my sake. I in my life now, in the 27 years I've been saved, have never seen the hatred that there is for the things of God. The things of Jesus that there is now. His name. His name. Say that name, Jesus. Then many will be offended. Amen, say it. And don't be ashamed of it. Because he said we'd be hated for that name. Don't be afraid to say that name, Jesus. Because that's, the, that's, the, that's what separates things. And then many will be offended. We'll, they'll be offended when you say Jesus is the only way. People are offended when you say that there's no other way to heaven but Jesus. He said it himself, this is going to happen. And people will betray each other. A lot of that happens in the church, and we'll hate one another. Then, many false prophets, that's kind of what we started this off with, will rise up and deceive many, and here's the key, because lawlessness will abound. What happened yesterday is lawlessness. It's an uprising and an upheaval of authority. It's a a hatred against authority. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. That's not just the world, that's the church world will grow cold. They will see things like this and they'll get mad at God. And they'll grow cold. And, and then look at this last verse says, But he who endures till the end shall be saved. Amen. We have to endure till the end. How many are still here? A disciple is ready. And looking for the return of Christ. And I'm going to add one more thing to the ready and looking. Beyond just being ready and beyond looking, a disciple of Jesus loves his appearing. Is, 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 is wanting it to happen. Is desiring to be with Jesus. Let's finish here in a couple verses in Matthew 25. There are many parables in the Bible that Jesus gave. You know, if you think about it this way, just as a generic example, today on August 4th in church, we're talking about these shootings. You know what I'm saying spiritually would almost be like on Friday, somebody showing up somewhere and saying, Hey, there's going to be a shooting tomorrow at Walmart at this time. Don't be at Walmart tomorrow at this time. That's kind of the equivalent of what I'm doing with you in the spirit. Do you see that? I'm preaching to you the readiness and the looking for the return of Christ because once it's happened, it's too late. So we're supposed to be ready. And so those people would make a decision. Oh, come on. There's not going to be a shooting tomorrow at Walmart at that time. And and I'm not talking about the fear factor. I'm just talking about the person warning. Listen, I know this is going to happen. Don't be there. As a preacher, I'm telling you what's going to happen. Like the news. This this time is coming when Jesus is going to return. And then the Bible says that there's going to come a time on this earth that has never been known and will never be known again. I always tell people, 9-11... All over the world. What, what did 9 11 do to us? What, it, still shook, it still shakes us 20 years later almost. 9 11 was tragic and all those people died and the chaos of planes flying into buildings. That's nothing. The tsunamis that have happened, the earthquakes that have happened, that we hear over here, the fires in California, the things we hear, we hear things, we hear things, and then even like today, two things in 24 hours, but it'll be chaos. Chaos. And I'm telling you, I'm warning you, I'm, I'm sharing with you that we don't have to be here for that. Don't go to Walmart tomorrow at 9 o'clock is what I'm telling you in the spirit. And you won't be in that shooting. Can I get a better amen? So he says here in Matthew 25, the kingdom of heaven shall be like ten virgins. Jesus was teaching in parables. He was saying this is what's going to happen. Pay attention. He says who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom?" And five of them were wise and five of them were foolish. There are people who believe or teach erroneously that this is five believers and five non-believers. This is ten Christians. Five ready, five not. How we know they're all Christians is they all had lamps, which is symbolic of salvation. Okay, They all had the Word. The Bible is the Word, the lamp of, the, 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 the word of God is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. They had the lamp. They had salvation. They knew the truth. But that five of them were foolish and five were wise. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. They were ready. But while the bridegroom was delayed, that's the problem. Right now, he's delayed. Right now, where every day that goes by, people maybe in their minds say, well, they, they've been saying that for years. Maybe you're, maybe you're here and you're 30 years old and you, ra- you were raised in a church, I hope, that preached the rapture of church of Jesus Christ and you heard it when you were 10. And you're saying, man, it's been 20 years I've been hearing that. So guess what? You're 20 years closer to the rapture because it's going to happen. If you believe, see the thing that makes me, uh, amazes me sometimes is that people will believe a lot of things but they won't believe everything. Like how do you believe that Jesus is God and how do you believe that Jesus came and died on the cross and how do you believe that he rose from the dead and how do you believe all those things but you don't believe that he says he's going to come back for his church? Why do we, why do we stop believing there? We can't. He says they, 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 they delayed, it was delayed and so they slumbered and they slept. I believe that's what the church is doing today. The church is asleep. The worldwide body of Christ is asleep. and Jesus is coming back, and he's, he's making noise. He's knocking. He's giving warning signs. He's saying, church, wake up. We've got to wake up. We've got to become disciples, and we've got to make others disciples. And at midnight, a cry was heard. That was the 1 Thessalonians 4, the, tra- the trumpet. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. And all the virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. See, that, that, that part that says the, bir- the bridegroom is coming, go out to meet him, is these warning signs that we're seeing in the world. The violence, the lawlessness, the people being lovers of themselves, boastful, all those things that are in Galatians and Ephesians. And then look what it says in the verse 7. And the foolish said, give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered and said, no, lest there should not be enough for us and you. You go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. Go get the truth for yourself. And when they went to get the truth, when they went to go buy, the bridegroom came. And those who were what? Those who were ready went went with him to the what? Wedding. And the door was shut. When the rapture happens, the door's gonna shut. Jesus said, So, as in the days of Noah, so will the coming of the Son of Man be. They were eating, drinking, giving marriage. Just like I said about my daughters, we're planning a wedding right now. We're, we're living our lives, we're going through life where all of a sudden they were eating and drinking, and all of a sudden the rain came and whew, flood happened. And who was ready at that time? Almost nobody. Who was ready? Almost nobody. Think about it. doesn't have to be that way. But how many people today are ready? You're looking. You're watching. You're expecting. You're, 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 you're getting your, your, your life in order every day to make sure that when that trumpet sounds, you're ready to meet Jesus. And he said afterward, the other virgins came and said, We haven't even gotten into this verse yet in this series. Lord, Lord. Remember that Bible verse that says, they'll come and they'll say, Lord, Lord. Didn't we cast out demons in your name? Didn't we lay our hands on the sick and they recover? Church, it's not how you start. It's how you finish. He who endures till the end shall be saved. Don't tell me what you used to do for God. Tell me what you're doing now. Yesterday's over. That's the, it, today matters. He says, he says, Lord, Lord. They say, Lord, Lord, open to us. Open up. Just like they knocked on the doors of the ark. Open the door. He said, assuredly, I say to you, and this is church, is what I don't want anybody in this church to ever hear, these words. I do not know you. Scariest words ever spoken in the Bible. I do not know you. What we want to hear is enter in good and faithful servants. Amen. That's what we want to hear. Enter in, good and faithful servants. So watch. Watch this. Watch. Watch. Therefore, for you do not know the day or the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. We don't know, but we know it's soon. And we know that every single day that goes by, it's sooner. It's sooner. As we see these this wickedness and this lawlessness, church. Just look back at your last. If you're alive, if you're if you're young, look back at the last five years of your life. Look back at the last ten, however many years you can go back. Look at the. La- I can look back at the last twenty. Oh, this world has changed in twenty years. The morals, the things that you see on. Oh my gosh, the things you see on TV, the things you see on Netflix, the things that you see. Oh my, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Think, things that you you, you got to turn your head. Did I just see that? We're living, we're living in a sick world that's lost and going to hell. And Jesus is coming back. We've got to wake up. We cannot be asleep. We cannot be saying, oh, it, it's never going to happen. They, he, in, in 2 Peter, he said, there are going to be scoffers in the last days that says, where's his return? He's been saying that forever. And all of a sudden, it's going to happen. A disciple is ready. Let's end in Luke 21. Go there with me. Luke 21. A disciple is ready. A disciple is looking. A disciple loves the appearing of Jesus. Now watch this. Take heed to your husband. Take heed to your son and daughters. Take heed to those around you. What does it say? Take heed to yourself. It's personal. Lest your hearts be weighed down. Watch this. With carousing and drunkenness and the cares of this life. Don't be that person who's saying, man, I sure would like to do that sin. If I could just find somebody to tell me it's okay. Listen, if you want to sin, you can find a Christian who says it's okay to do it you can find a church who will say it's okay to do it I promise you whatever it is or you can just go to a place where they're not going to talk about it and you can feel good every Sunday but when Jesus comes back you're not ready because you're carousing and you're weighed down by the drunkenness of this world how many see that picture weighed down caroused Caroused is a word where you you have to be careful not to be pulled and tempted into the things the world is doing. What's right and wrong is becoming more and more gray. Not in God's eyes, but in the world's. In Isaiah 520, I don't have that in the scripture today, but it says there will be a time where right will be called wrong and wrong will be called right. Oh, we're living in that day right now. We're, We're beyond that day. Take heed to yourselves. I must work on my salvation with fear and trembling. I must make sure that I'm not pulled away by this world. And it says, Because that day will come on you unexpectedly. Okay, now watch what it says. For it will come as a snare to those who dwell on the face of the whole earth. Now here's the key. Last verse watch. Have you heard that word today? Watch, therefore and pray. John said in the prayer time, pray without ceasing. He didn't know what I was going to preach on. What a great word. Way to hear the Holy Spirit. Pray without ceasing. Watch therefore and pray always that you may be, watch this, that you may be counted worthy. Now let me clarify something real quick as I close. This is another reason why, go ahead and leave that up. This is another reason why I believe totally scripturally there's a rapture and a second coming of Christ why I believe there's a tribulation that the church won't go through. Now, some people in this world, they say they're going to go through the tribulation. And I said, go ahead. If you want to go through it, go ahead. I don't. And if the scriptures told me that I did, then I would. And if I'm wrong about the scriptures, then I will. But I don't believe I'm going to go through the tribulation. Because look what this Bible verse says. He says, watch therefore and pray. That you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass. That ought to be a word that you really like, escape. And then there's people that teach today, well, we're not supposed to escape anything. We're supposed to be here. And I said, again, go ahead. You, I'm going to pray for what I want. You pray for what you want. We'll just get what we want. If you want to be here during the tribulation, go ahead. I don't believe it's for the church. Where in the Bible where in the Bible can you show me a scripture that God did not remove his people before judgment? Where? Nowhere. He removed, he removed Abraham and Lot. He removed Moses. He always removed his people. He always gave a warning, and then he always gave a way out. Judgment is not for us. Judgment is for the world. There's another verse in First Thessalonians that says, in chapter 5, it says that we, that we are not a- appointed unto wrath. And if you understand scriptures, the second half of the tribulation is called the great tribulation, and that is the all-out, total wrath of God on this earth. And then some people say, well, how could God of love be a God of wrath? Because he's been loving for 6,000 years. And he's been warning for that long. And he, he's going to continue to love, but there's going to come a time when he's warned us and said, I will pour out my wrath and my indignation. That's a word we can't even understand in our minds. Which is really the justification and the holiness of God. So when you see these things going on, like the, all, all the gender things and, and all these things that, that are mocking who God is, like taking the rainbow and making that their thing, When you see those things, you think, where's God? Don't worry. The wrath of God is gonna come down on this earth. All the people who have mocked him, it's coming. And some people say, as a Christian, should we think that way? If you had your child raped by somebody, would you want want, uh, uh, judgment for them? Of course you would. Judgment is coming on the earth. Church, we don't have to be here for that. He says we can escape those things amen so today as a disciple some kind of holy fear should be in us for sure but at the the same time we should have a peace that knows that we're our hearts are right with God and if our hearts aren't right with God then we say Lord thank you for bringing me to church today so I can get my heart right with you If I've been carousing, if I've been falling in love with this world again, if I've been playing with sin, Lord, I'm sorry. The Bible says if you've confessed your sins, He's faithful and just to forgive you of all your sins. And when we stand before the Son of Man, which we all will, we will be able to say, Jesus, I leaned leaned on your blood. I leaned on the cross. I leaned on those, when I was falling short of your glory, you came in and helped me. But it's all about what you did on the cross, Jesus. But we have to be watching and waiting and looking for His return. Amen. Would you bow your heads this morning all over this place? How many in this place this morning would be honest with God? Like I said, I've given you a, a spiritual warning as the pastor of this church that we, there's a time coming. Jesus is coming. He's coming back for His church. Oh, you're gonna thank me someday that I preached on the rapture of Jesus Christ. You're gonna thank me that I warned you. You're gonna thank me that I talked to you about it. I think there's probably people in this world don't even know what the rapture is. They haven't read the scriptures, they haven't studied God's word. And it's gonna catch them by surprise. How many in here would say, Pastor, I'm not born again? I'm not ready to stand before God. If I'd have been at that Walmart yesterday or if I'd have been in that area in Ohio this morning and I died and I would have got killed innocently, I'm not ready. I don't know where I'd spend eternity. If you're not sure this morning, the Bible says today is the acceptable day of the Lord. Today is the day of salvation. And you can give your life to Jesus right now. And you can walk out of this place knowing that when that trumpet sounds, you're going to go to heaven. How many would say, Pastor, pray for me this morning. Just put your hand up. Put it right back down. Say, That's me. Amen. I see your hand. How many more? Amen. I see your hand. Amen. How many more? I want to be ready. I want to be ready. How many more? Just lift your hand. You can put them down if you've already lifted it up. How many more? I want to wait just a few seconds. Your church membership's not going to save you. Jesus isn't coming back for Victory World Outreach, it's coming back for people who are ready and watching and waiting and praying and and not caught up in the carousing and drunkenness of this world who hates sin who yeah we make mistakes but we hate sin we hate the things of this world and we're trying our best to live a holy life and a righteous life and a life that that lines up with God's teachings maybe you're here this morning and at some point in your life you said that sinner's prayer but today you're backslid and you're running you're like that prodigal son and you need to come home and you just say, Jesus, I thank you for your mercy to bring me back home today. How many would say that's me? Just lift your hand this morning. I want to pray for you. I need to come home today. I need to come back to my first love. Amen. Let's stand to our feet this morning. Let's stay in this spirit of reverence. We're going to take a little time at the altar. Another thing you're going to be thankful for someday is that you had some time to take the word in and reflect. Remember that the time of of altar is just to say, Lord, that that message, whatever it spoke to me, let it get deep down in my heart so I can make decisions. I can't look at the Bible and, and, and be like that part the Bible says, I looked in the mirror and walked away and forgot what I looked like. Jesus is telling us today where our heart and our condition is. So if you raised your hand this morning and you meant that, you, you, you want to make a public confession of your faith as you raise your hand, I want you to do one more thing. I want you to step out of your seat to the nearest aisle and come down here and stand with me. I want to pray for you. I'm going to wait just a minute. I'm not going to beg. I'm not going to uh, uh, cry. I'm not going to say please. I'm just going to say come if you raise your hand. Amen. Right over here, Michael. Amen. How many more? I'm going to wait just a moment. Make a public confession of your faith. Jesus is Lord this morning, amen. Father, we thank you for your word. Would you just say this with me, church? Lord Jesus, thank you for your mercy and your grace that while we were yet sinners, you died for us. Jesus, I know that I fall short of your glory. I need a savior. I need forgiveness. Jesus, I believe that you came down from heaven and lived a perfect life as God in a physical body. You faced temptation. You faced all the trials that I face. But you did not sin. And you went to the cross as a perfect sacrifice for my sins. You took my place. I believe that. And not only did you sacrifice on that cross and shed your blood for my sins, you also rose again and defeated death. Because of that, I am saved. Jesus, I accept that. And I confess that with my mouth and believe it in my heart. Please write my name in the Lamb's book of life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a praise this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. As we begin to sing this morning, this song, I want you to find a place. I want you to do some business with God this morning. Am I ready, God? Am I looking, God? Am I watching, God? And if I am, help me help others. Help me warn others. Help me be a disciple and help me make a disciple. Help me love your, your presence and your word this morning, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.